the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Praise the Lord, everybody. Ron Geyer with more End Time Insights. Thanks again for tuning in. We love doing this. We're having the time of our lives. And we just appreciate the opportunity to give you some of the truth that you may not be getting on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Saturday night. As we say, we are here to assist your pastor. We can talk about these things that maybe they're a little bit intimidated to speak about, that they just feel that they couldn't really say in their congregations. Well, we don't mind. You know, nobody can fire me. Hallelujah. I'm going to say this stuff. And it's so important that you need it because what we're talking about today is going to be Jeremiah 23. And that's where the prophets and the shepherds were not speaking the things that they were supposed to be speaking. And uh, God had Jeremiah call them on it. Very important stuff. And a, a quick point before we start, you know, the Old Testament lessons, they're so valuable. They're there for a purpose. They're there for us. A lot of people think that this stuff doesn't apply to us. The Old Testament's passed away. We're not under the law. We're under grace. And yet God put them in there. It is so important. The Bible says the law was a schoolmaster. And we're supposed to understand that that what happened to Israel is a type and a shadow about what's happening to us in our days. And at the end of the day, this is indisputable. Israel and the church, we are no different. We are exactly the same. We get in the same trouble that they get in. We repent. God blesses us. We mess up, and then God judges us. I mean, that's it. It's so simple. God used Israel to show the nations who he is back in that day. And today, God is using America to show the nations who he is. This is what a country that looks like. This is what a nation, how a nation is in relationship to God. God blesses us when we do good, and he shows judgment when we do bad. It's the same thing that happened to Israel. And it's happening to us in America today. And if we will just keep that in mind, that the big picture of what's going on, it's written in the Bible. And the warnings that he gave Israel are the warnings he gives us. They are no different. Okay, let's get into Jeremiah 23. I'm starting in verse 1. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pastor, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord God of Israel says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care upon them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil that you've done, declares the Lord. And it's interesting because today's shepherds or pastors, you know, it's the same. The people that are charged with God's people, the care of God's people, we come under blessing, we come under reproach. And we have to make sure that the teaching that God's given to Israel, the the demands he places upon the shepherds. That's true for today. We have to be aware. We have to be wise. And here he says, woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture. And you go, well, how are they doing that? 
And God says further on, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them. I'll bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful. They will increase in number. I will place shepherds, verse 4, I will place shepherds over them who my people who will tend them and my people will no longer be afraid or terrified. It's so important that we understand that the shepherds are supposed to be tending to the flock. And you have to understand, you know, like my pastor, you know, I am not his people. I'm a sheep of God. I'm not a sheep of where I go. He's required to tend to me according to the word and the instructions of God. But at the end of the day, it's like my wife. My wife is God's daughter. First and foremost, my wife is God's daughter. He has given her to me that I might demonstrate to my wife who he is. And it's the same way when a shepherd has a flock. You know, we provide and we take care of, we tend and everything. He keeps us in line spiritually and he feeds us. And the produce of that, the product of me being tended by God in a church relationship, I should no longer be afraid. I shouldn't be terrified. And that's what God was calling out these pastors for. They weren't doing their job. In the previous chapter, Jeremiah 22, God had pronounced judgments and doom against the kings of Judah. But now in a general sense, he condemns the unfaithful shepherds for not doing their job. Jeremiah was great. He spoke to leaders in a general sense, but he spoke to political leaders. He spoke to business leaders. He spoke to military leaders. He spoke to leaders in education. And he spoke to the spiritual leaders. And he was calling out the shepherds because they were destroying and scattering the sheep of Israel. We can take that in today. The pastors, they need to be standing up. You know, we're under extreme circumstances right now. We've never had this in the history of our nation have healthy people told they can't be doing something. And the biggest problem that we have that's arisen out of this is that our government is no longer running things. The people that we have elected, don't forget, we are not a democracy. We are a representative republic. We send people to Washington to represent the will of the people. And these are the people that are supposed to be running our government, but they're no longer running our government. Our government is being run by deep state bureaucrats. We have medical people telling us what we can do and what we can't do. And we've got uh, bureaucrats, administrative people telling us what we can do, what we can't do. And the problem is when these people don't love God, when they are not righteous people, but they are unrighteous people, they are steering us towards a direction of their desires. And their current desire is a one world government, socialism. They realize they couldn't do it legally. They couldn't do it at the ballot box. And so what they've done is they've taken control of our nation through this virus, through the fear of the virus. And so many entities are under their control. Schools, Fauci is saying that schools shouldn't be opening this year. I see it on the news every day. People are going back to work. They're starving. They're about to lose their businesses. And yet these bureaucrats are telling them they can't open. That is false. It's based on a lie. Numbers are fudged to make the disease appear worse than it is. And we have got to respond that civil disobedience is on the uptick. And the church, I just can't understand. You know, I love being a Christian. I love my Lord Jesus Christ. I am so thrilled my wife serves God with me. And yet we have a responsibility to tell the truth. We taught on this last week. It was about just whose church is it anyway? And it's the Lord Jesus's church. It's God's church. The Bible says it's the house of God. The church of the living God is the house of God. And it's also the pillar and the ground of truth. When you walk into church on Sunday morning, you should be guaranteed that you're going to get the truth. 
You're going to get the truth from the Bible about Jesus. You're going to get the truth from the Bible about sin. You're going to get the truth from the Bible about blessing, about judgment. You're going to get the truth from the Bible about divorce and abortion. Issues that face you today, you should be getting the truth about the virus and what's happened to America so that you can pray effectively and so that you can do what you're supposed to be doing as a man or woman of God. And we have the truth. You know, I love Brother Rush. And then there are people out in public airwaves, like people like Oprah, other people that don't have these truths, that they are not called by God to tell you the truth about what's going on in your life. The church is the pillar and the ground of truth. We have this obligation to tell people the truth. That's what Jeremiah was dealing with. The pastors were not telling them the truth. We'll get on with this in a little bit, and it's going to show you what they were doing. Let's go down to verse 7. So then, the days are coming, the Lord declares, when people will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, but they will say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the descendants of Israel up out of the land of the north and out of the countries where he had banished them. Then they will live in their own land. Verse 9. Concerning the prophets, says the Lord, my heart is broken, writes Jeremiah, within me. All my bones tremble. I am like a drunken man, like a strong man overcome by wine because of the Lord and his holy words. God is giving Jeremiah stuff to say to these prophets, and it's breaking Jeremiah's heart. My heart within me is broken because of the prophets. Jeremiah was distressed because of the presence and work of the other prophets, what they were doing in his day. You know, he wasn't in competition with them, but the problem was that they were doing damage to the honor of God and the people of God. When we tell people the truth, unfortunately, the news in America right now, it's not very good. And I'm almost getting tired of talking about everything in a negative sense, but people just aren't getting the warnings. I don't understand. I am embarrassed to go around having to defend people that should be our heroes, but they're not. They're not speaking the truth in love. And these people in America need the truth. I watch people with their mask all day. We posted something about a doctor, I think his name is Blaylock, and just tremendous insight, nationally known neuroscientist, neurosurgeon. And he just tells you the facts and the truth that wearing a mask is doing you more harm than good. It's not protecting you at all. If anything, staying inside is causing more problems. The virus is not allowed to run its course. That is the truth. And yet I see people in masks all day long and it's so frustrating And because I know they're being deceived. I just want to shout, hey, guys, you're being played. And we just don't understand it. The church should be the pillar and the ground of truth. You should be able to go to church and you should get the truth about anything that's going on. And yet I don't see our pastors doing this. And I know it's a spirit of fear. I know it's the fear of man. I know it's we're being trapped in political correctness, but we have got to throw off those shackles. We cannot let Satan dictate what goes on in the church. Remember, it's the church of the living God. We should be able to have communion anytime we want. We should be able to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We should be able to hug and holy kiss as the Bible talks about. You know, Christianity, it's all about intimacy, you and God in an intimate relationship. That expands to influence everybody around you. My wife and myself, intimate. We're human beings. We were destined. We were created for intimacy, intimacy with God, intimacy with one another. And all of that is being taken from us. And it's got the church cowardly hiding in the corner, not 
willing to take the blows, suffer the persecution, uh, deal with the affliction that comes. And yet the Bible clearly states that when you are going through this affliction, it's the power of God. You're doing it in and with the power of God. We just don't seem to be able to trust God. We teach on faith all day long. I grew up in the faith movement, in the word of faith movement. And yet I don't see our leaders living by faith. The just shall live by faith. And now the churches are coming back a tiny bit. And yet it, it's not spirit led. We're not coming back because we're led by the Holy Ghost. Jesus still has been shut out of the doors of our churches. We're not following the Holy Ghost. We're responding to the dictates of these bureaucrats that don't love God, that don't love America, that hate you, that hate the freedoms that we have. And we have got to rely on the church to respond. We have Bible studies and We've got a good group of a couple of dozen people that really love God. They're fearless. They're full of faith. They don't understand what's going on either. And it's a constant battle to stand in the gap. We are praying for our pastors. Man, we're praying that God would raise up leaders that would go ahead and defend the truth. I don't understand why it's so hard to do that. We had our discussions and people are saying, well, you know, pretty much they're not willing to fight. They're not willing to take the blows. We're spoiled. We're stuck in our comforts. America, you know, we're not being run by the elected officials. Like I say, there are people in charge of our nation that have no respect for God. They have no respect for the rule of law. They have no respect for our founding. Our Constitution has just been trashed. Verse 10, Jeremiah 23. The land is full of adulterers. Because of the curse, the land lies parched. And the pastures in the wilderness are withered. The prophets follow an evil course, and they use their power unjustly. Both prophet and priest are godless. Even in my temple, says the Lord, I find their wickedness, declares the Lord. You know, and these people, they weren't the prophets that were prophesying falsely. They weren't necessarily idolatrous, but they were profane. And in the biblical sense, profane means they were the opposite of holy. They're prophesying out of their dreams, out of their visions, out of their desires. And if I can make an analogy like that, you know, it's like the people saying, well, America's going to come back. You know, the economy's going to be fine. And I know our president's promoting that and he's pushing it. And he has to. In a sense, he is a shepherd in the land. And yet the church needs to get on board with the truths about what's happening. Look at us. We're slaughtering our our pork supply. We're killing beef and we're throwing it out because we're not allowed to sell it because the markets won't open. People can't buy. We're dumping milk. People need one of the basics of life, milk. And we're dumping millions of gallons of milk. It's just asinine. What else? Bureaucrats. They tell us when we can go to work. We can't go to work. They tell us what we can do in our church services. This is ridiculous. Don't tell me America's getting better and better. America's getting worse and worse. And God hits the nail on the head as he's talking through Jeremiah to the people. Let me see if I can find it. Here's verse 12. Therefore, their path, the people, their path will become, the prophets, their path will become slippery and they will be banished to darkness and there they will fall. I, the Lord, will bring disaster on them in the year that they are punished. There's an appointed time for the punishment of the people that are prophesying lies or, in this case, pastors that are not doing their job, that are fearful. You know, the Bible talks about that the cowards are not going to enter into the kingdom of God. The fearful are not going to make it. Either just live by faith or they don't. And that's one of the markings how you can tell the people that really have a relationship with God in leadership positions. Either they are willing to take the blows that are going to come for telling the people the truth or they're not. 
And the Bible talks, we read it in verse four, God will have to raise up new shepherds, new pastors. He'll get us new people that will be truthful, that will be bold. People like our founding fathers that were strong, that were fearless, that pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor in defense of their nation. They put it all on the line. And yet we are so spoiled in America in this candy cane Christianity that we think if it doesn't bless us, if it doesn't make us feel peaceful, if it doesn't make me happy, it's not God. We don't understand. Well, this is the New Testament. We're under grace. Yeah, but the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. He didn't change. He gave us a new covenant with better promises, better privileges. But we still have to obey the word of God. We still have to do what he tells us to do. Romans talks about the fact that we've recreated God in our own image. And yes, but there's an appointed time for the punishment of these people that are not doing what God's told them to do that are in leadership positions. And the Bible says that God himself will bring disaster upon them. Today's churches are doing nothing about sin in America. The virus isn't the problem. It's just a symptom. America's problem isn't the virus. America's problem is the sin. While we preach message after message on blessing and abundance and favor and prosperity, grace and God's goodness, yet no one calls our nation to repentance. Don't forget, God's goodness isn't designed to reward us for something we've done right. God's goodness is supposed to lead us to repentance. Verse 13, among the prophets of Samaria, I saw this repulsive thing. They were prophesying by Baal, and they led my people astray. We've got to understand, when church leaders tell us it's going to be okay, when they say America's going to recover, when they say this too shall pass, without ever calling us to repent from our sins of abortion, sexual deviancy, other abominable practices, idol worship, lying, stealing, pride, still, self-love, whatever. When our leaders fail to bring us back from these and other sins, it's not a neutral type of action, the Bible says. It's an action that leads us further astray from God. Dave Gusick writes, God compared the prophets of Jerusalem and Judah to be like the prophets of Samaria that led the northern kingdom of Israel to spiritual and social ruin 150 years prior to that. What makes you think America is any different? I don't understand. These lessons are written for us so that we wouldn't fall into the same traps that they did. Sure, I understand there's a demonic effort trying to stop what the church is doing, but that doesn't remove our responsibility to, to heed the warnings and to act accordingly. Verse 14, and among the prophets of Jerusalem, I have seen something horrible. They commit adultery and they live a lie. I'm pretty much fed up with preachers that have taught me for three decades to live by faith. They've taught me not to be given to a spirit of fear. I heard probably, man, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lessons on faith. The just shall live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And yet here we are. I don't see them practicing what they've preached. They're living in fear. Their fear of man trumps any fear of the Lord that they say they're walking in. I don't understand this. I want you to lead me by example. You are a shepherd. You are a pastor. You too are a king and a priest just like I am. The Bible says that God's caused all grace to abound to you, that you have all sufficiency in all things that you abound to every good work. And yet, These leaders, they didn't want to offend the government, so they honored what their leaders told them to do. And they didn't want to offend their parishioners, so they had them wear the mask. They had them stay separately. And, you know, at the end of the day, what they compromised to keep, they've already lost. You go to church now, and it's maybe a third full. 
The congregation that they tried to keep together is now operating at 25, 33, 40%. They have already lost the people that used to go to their churches. And they did this not because they were following the, the voice of the Lord. They did this because they were following the dictates of bureaucrats that do not know God. Our leaders and our shepherds, they're living lies. I'm sorry. They preach on faith. They demand excellence. Yet when the rubber meets the road, we've shrunk back from any type of confrontation. We have compromised our faith. We have been motivated by fear. Like I said, we're scared of losing our flocks, so we hide the hard truths. And yet here we sit. Church is empty. What we compromise to keep, we will lose. Second Timothy one eight. here's a warning. But Timothy, be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. I love that. Timothy, don't run from your afflictions. Don't hide from the confrontations. Don't flee the persecutions. Go through it. Face it. Because you're going to do this according to the power of God. I'm not going to leave you alone. You're going to see my power. The church is missing opportunity after opportunity to do something about this, to stand out, to be separate, to show them that we are men and women of faith. I don't understand this. But actually, the Bible says that when we do this, we strengthen the hands of the evildoers so that not one of them turns from their wickedness. We've got people out there that don't know God that need to hear the gospel. And yet by our inactivity, we are shunning them. We are not giving them the truth that they need. And the Bible says when we do that, we strengthen the hands of those that are doing evil. Because of our cowardly positions, we lack the spiritual integrity to demand that our nation repent of their sins. When we live falsely, that by falsely I mean we preach faith and we live in fear. When we live falsely, when we refuse to call for repentance, we actually strengthen the hands of the evildoers. We've got everything all backwards, and that's what happens when you turn your back as a leader and you start obeying man's dictates rather than the head of the church, Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes 8.11 talks about this. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed swiftly, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. We're doing everything wrong. We're supposed to be calling out abortion. We're supposed to be calling out and charging people with breaking the law when they kill our children. We're supposed to be challenging that. And the Bible says, when you don't, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. So we see that by the church's inactivity, by the church's cowardice, we have A, we've strengthened the hands of those that do evil, and B, we have set their hearts that they can do evil and get away with it. They are all like Sodom to me, says God in Jeremiah. The people of Jerusalem are like Gomorrah. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says concerning the prophets. Verse 15, I will make them eat bitter food and drink poisoned water because the prophets of Jerusalem ungodliness has spread throughout the land. God here is not only challenging the prophets for not doing their job and it's creating a neutral scenario. He actually says you promote evil. You are actually spreading ungodliness throughout the land. Feinberg commentates, he says, because they had poisoned the nation's spiritual springs, the Lord was to inflict drastic judgment on them, portrayed by the bitter food. It's so amazing that we think our inactivity doesn't harm anybody, that we're going to play it safe and we're going to be quiet. That is not what we're doing. I just read you. Number one, we are helping spread ungodliness throughout the land. Number two, we are not allowing them to turn from their wickedness. And number three, we are strengthening the hands of the evildoers. 
We've got to understand God has a word and it's for America. And that word is repent, 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 repent. This is just an amazing situation. We're witnessing this this just general lackadaisical, fearful uh, running away from the things that we're supposed to be doing as a church. And we will be judged accordingly. We have so much work to do. We've got to change. We have got to repent. Before America can be called to repentance, the church needs to repent. We need to get on our knees and get on our faces and apologize to God that we've not done the things we're supposed to do. I am so ashamed. I really am. And yet, at the end of the day, the Bible says we will be a glorious church. There's always a remnant, and that's what my hope is in. But that's why we do these. We warn the people that there's an assignment for the church. The current assignment in the church, the meat for the season today in America, is to feed the truth to the people. We are required to be people of truth. The Bible says the church, it's the pillar and the ground of truth. I hope this edifies you and lifts you up and challenges you and causes you to Rethink any activity on your part. The Bible says we're not people of fear. We are people of faith. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next Sunday night. Till then, God bless you and keep you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.